Jake and Ben, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. So, yeah, you had a day yesterday. You're here, though. It's good. You know what? The jazz game was uh, pretty easy. Jazz game was pretty easy because it was an interesting game full of really good storylines, and then the Jazz blew it out at the end, and it ended in timely fashion, which I always appreciate. Kyle Whittingham has been named the AP Top 25 or the Associated Press Pac-12 Coach of the Year, and uh, Devin Lloyd's the Defensive Player of the Year. No surprise there. Is Witt the favorite to win Coach of the Year in college football this year? Overall? He might be because, you know, the people who vote for that sort of thing also like those extra storylines. Sure. And, and deservedly and what so. what they've overcome, you know, off the field is is a pretty great story. So I, it I, wouldn't surprise me. I don't think it was insincere of people, even after Utah started 1-2, and two, to say, like, football doesn't matter this year. You know what I mean? Like, the success on the field doesn't matter this year. The fact that these kids are playing and it can be a healing process on its own is probably enough. But then to have the, the season on top of it— for Witt to get to his first Rose Bowl, the respect he has around college football, the and, and it, honestly what it might be part of it also is a recognition of somebody who stayed and built something where all these other coaching carousel has gone so crazy. You do just say, hey, this guy's done a great job. He's done it the old school way, but it's kind of the right way to do it. You might reward him for that. But that would be two for Kyle Whittingham in his career. Not many guys ever get one. And he'll have two if he uh, ends up winning it this year. That'd be pretty fabulous for him. He's a special coach. He is. So is Devin Lloyd. It looks like Devin Lloyd's going to be probably a unanimous All-American, probably consensus. So that's going to be as Utah. I, I don't think Utah's had one since your boy probably, Tommy. What was Tom consensus yeah. All-American? I think so. That's hilarious. You're probably right. Then maybe Luther Ellis. I mean, Utah hasn't had a whole lot of I consensus All-Americans. Think Jordan Gross, but don't you might be right. Quote me on that. And maybe Alex Smith. No, he wouldn't make so. consensus. No, 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 because he was he was there with. Uh, You're Reiner. right, Tom Hackett in 2014 and 15. Hell yeah, Tom, <laughs> Bradley and I, Bradley and I did it apparently in 2019. Uh, I'm gonna make sure this is consensus. Luther Ellis and Matt Gay. Matt Gay was really good. Too. Yeah, he was. That good. makes sense. So not Jordan Gross. I know Jordan. Consensus Gross. All Americans. There's eight. Good. Okay, I was way off. I apologize. Tom Hackett did it twice. I love that Tom Hackett is quietly the greatest player in Utah football history. Doesn't like football at all. Bradley and I, he does like football. I don't need to burn him like that. Uh, Luther Ellis, Matt Gay, Jordan Gross, you were right, 02, Louis Sakota, yeah. Eric Weddle, and Mitch Wisnowski. So of those, one, <laughs> half of Utah's consensus All-Americans are kickers or punters. Wow. In all honesty, that says a lot for special teams at Utah under No, under it whip. says a lot about how the team has had to fight from behind for so long that, A, they're punting the ball a ton, or they're settling for field goals a ton, but to win games, you had to go out and get those guys, and they've gone out and got those guys. Like, they've found ways to win yeah. games. You you win in the cracks, and the kickers, punters, are the, the, the crevices. They're the cracks of college football where you find any advantage you can and you go out and you win there. Now, I don't mean to, to you know, hopefully we don't feed Tom's ego here, but I'll, I'll dis- I think Tom Hackett changed punting in college football. Sure. As far as the Aussie goes? Well, I mean, the style, too. Yeah. Yes. And and what punters are able to do. He did, Tom did st- stuff we've never seen before Correct. in college football. No ever. one was prepared for it. No. And you can't get away with that stuff at the NFL, so it he was doing stuff we've never seen before. And putting the brakes on, on punts at, like, the two-yard line. Yep. After running around like his head was cut off and kicking at the last second and all this stuff, not to mention opening the recruiting pi- pipeline from Australian football players into uh, Utah, was, I guess, was punting a lot during his tenure at Utah. I suppose you have a point there. But also who he was and the way he was doing it 
I mean, I, you got to give somebody credit for changing the way every, everybody does things, right? I've talked to him about the difference between he and Mitch Wisnowski because Mitch has gone on to be such a good NFL player. And Tom, and Tom said, well, he just didn't have a strong leg. He had a really accurate leg with punting and a good touch, but he couldn't get hang time, which is why he kicked the way he did. Right. He tried to punt a couple of times like that to prepare for the NFL, and he said he just doesn't, he's not strong enough because Tom's not a huge person. Mitch looks like a linebacker. He's huge. He's a yeah. huge person. Tom Hackett was not an enormous person, so he said he just never had the leg strength, but you're right. He has really good touch because he came from playing Aussie Rules football, which some of that is a right. little bit more about that touch, and you're right, directional and knew how to do it, knew how to buy time as he would walk around behind the line of scrimmage and, and to, you know, to allow the team to get down the field. And that really worked. It reminds me a lot of, like, the six foot one, five foot eleven shooter that every college basketball team has, who has no chance to play in the pros, isn't going to go there, but is such a good college player. And you're right, maybe what we've done a little bit in college football when it comes to punting is we've stopped trying to get guys who only punt the pro way. You just need it to be good. You just need it to do what you need it to do. Yeah. Get down the field. You don't need him to be the one punter who gets drafted every year. If you can, incredible. Great for you. But you really just need to get the job done however it has to get there. Tom was amazing. He he could kick it to the corner, right, at the goal line yep. and just stop it. Yep. Never mind, like, kick it out of bounds at the corner or whatever, get it to bounce out of bounds. I, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Yep. He's, he's the best I've ever seen at that. I haven't done a lot of TV in my life, but I'm on the Pac-12. Oh yeah, like, they showed it this year. Team, yeah, they did at one of the for games. the weather delay. It I, was it, the Weber State. It was the Weber State game. So, and I look exhausted because they recorded it right after Pac-12 Media Day, like that right after. So of course we've been up since like 7 a.m. and we traveled there the night before. Yeah. So I was exhausted. So I have bags under my eyes. My eyes are all red. I look awful, but it's hilarious. And the person I'm talking, I'm talking about two people. I think I talk about Tom Hackett, and I might have called him the greatest player in Utah football history and i stand by that somewhat and then i think i talk about alex smith but love tom good for tom he's he's had a very fun career and now he covers rsl now he covers rsl and ksl sports does a great job at ksl sports.com as you just said beautiful he does family do a, he does do a good job yeah. but yeah he was he was a revolutionary player and i don't throw that term around lightly no you're right he so yeah, Utah punted a lot while he was there, but let's give him credit. And the Utes needed him. Yeah, they like, did. They really needed him to be good at his job when he got into the Pac-12 if they were going to start winning games. They needed to find an edge, and he was such a huge edge over what they could do elsewhere on the field. All right, well, let's ask Trevor about this. Let's get out to the uh, Smart Rain special guest line, best of state winner. Smart Rain uh, is an incredible Black Friday offer running the entire month of November, now into December. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with free Apple iPad to commercial properties. Sign up it for the paid cellular hosting subscription. Visit smartrain.net or call 877-346-3333. I'm just laughing because I make the same mistake every, every, every single, single day. day. Yeah. I mean, at some point, that's my fault, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no question about it. All right. Uh, he covers the Utes for KSLSports.com. He's the one and only Trevor Allen with us here on uh, Jake and Ben. What's up, Trevor? Hey, Jake. Does uh, Ben, like, stare at you while while you're reading stuff like that? Is that what, like, throws you off? No. No, no Jake's I, just an idiot. I'm just dumb. No, really. <laughs> I'm just, I, I really am just— I wasn't trying to set you up for that. No, uh, it's, it's all right. You? No, it's I fine. I think we look at each other all that much while we— the show people no I, i'm not staring gazingly <laughs> into, into your eyes but people don't understand why that if you put it in front of burgundy he will read it why that is so funny because it's so real it's accurate it's so real if you slide a liner in front of me i'm gonna read it no the worst thing about anchorman is that it's accurate it's when so i saw accurate. it before i was in the business 
I thought this is stupid, this is fake. And then you've been around for 10 minutes, you're like, every single thing is real. It's all real. I'll, I'll read it. Shoot. Yeah, I know it's December, but I'll read November. I don't care. Uh, let me ask you this, Trevor. Is, is Tom Hackett the greatest player in, in Utah football history? The greatest player? Yeah, the greatest player. And I, I think you can make an argument for yes, but I, I'm curious to hear what you have to say. I mean, there's guys coming in like Devin Lloyd, who Kyle Whittingham has said is the best player on defense that has ever come out of the University of Utah. I think that that says something. I maintain that at worst, Tom Hackett's a top 10 player to ever come through the state of Utah. I would, I would probably agree with that. Yeah, 10. I mean, because, I mean, okay, there's, there's, there's two different sides to that thing. And by the way, I love Tom Hackett. I love working with him. I, I, I want to make that known before I go into what I'm, I'm about to Before you trash say, his but, career. Yeah, we got it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, when your when your punter is is one of your most uh, most used weapons, and and you and you call your punter a weapon, you kind of got a problem. Yes. Um, and you know we all we all knew kind of the the issues Utah had on on offense. Um, but I, I also felt like Tom Hackett did some really good things in order to help out the the, the defense thrive by you know pinning opponents back in, into their ten yard line and things like that. So I would say, especially for him to win the Ray Guy Award twice, um, and just for what he's been able to do to kind of bring in that that Aussie style, you know, the the, the rugby style punting, um, I would definitely say Tom Hackett's probably top ten. How players ma- in, to ever come out of Utah. How many Utah football players have been revolutionary players outside of Tom Hackett? None. How many Utah football players oh, have Lee legitimately... Gross, Lee Grosscup legitimately invented the forward pass. Uh, I mean, Devin Lloyd is is great. Great, greater than great. Did he fundamentally change college football? Nope. Did Tom Hackett? Yes. Didn't he invent the shovel pass? Didn't Lee Grosscup? He was like the first guy who was did he? a little shovel yeah, pass. Yeah, okay, so pass. there's yeah. two. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's been two. Put some respect on Lee two Cup's name. revolutionary yeah, players who have who have changed the game of college football to come through Utah, and Tom Hackett is one of those. The fact that we're even saying a punter revolutionized the game, I mean, it baffles me. He but did though. You're he right. did. You're it's right. true. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, and he allowed you to win games in the Pac-12 that made you a legitimate team. In the Pac-12 that allowed you to recruit guys like Devin Lloyd and all these other I players. I remember him great. running for his life on that fake punt against Oregon way yeah, back in the day. Unbelievable. He made plays. Uh, all right. let's Before we talk about the uh, Rose Bowl, which we're, what, three weeks away from still, Utah has National Letter of Intent Day coming up less than a week. Trevor, how's this uh, class stacking up compared to years past? Is this going to be one of their best? Is it going to be a little bit disappointing? What's your expectation a week out? It is supposed to look pretty good. I mean, the fact that they're – I mean, okay, so it, it was actually looking really, really good. They were getting a lot of playmakers and things like that, but then they ended up having some guys choose to not uh, stay, stay with the program, and, and they were mainly wideouts. And it was, it was probably because of, you know, the main reason why a lot of wideouts don't go to Utah is because um, they, they don't get thrown to as much. And, you know, they're, they're really coming out really strong. Uh, they were able to land Lander Barton who's a really, really talented linebacker. Everybody in the entire country wanted him. Um, and then they, they also have a really good quarterback. And, you know, this, this actually helps out, too, because Peter Costelli entered the, uh, the uh, transfer portal, um, I think it was two weeks ago. Uh, Jake Hatch had that, um, you know, a, a, a couple weeks ago. And then uh, Jalen Glover, a running back, um, he's really, really good coming out of Florida. And then they actually landed one of his teammates who is going to help out in that secondary and Elijah Davis, uh, you know, who, who's from the, the same same school. 
as uh, or same area as as Nate Johnson so or Jalen Glover. It's a really good class. Um, I don't think it's going to be the best Utah's had. I still think that that one is the uh, twenty the uh, twenty twenty class with uh, Clark Phillips, with Van Fillinger and Xavier Carlton. I think that that was a, a tremendous class, but it's shaping. I mean, Utah has has really kept the the uh, trend going upward as far as being able to recruit and bringing in some uh, talented players in this state. What's their biggest need recruiting wise? I, I think right now secondary um, because, you know, quarterback, you, you kind of feel like you're, you know, set running back, even though TJ Pledger is going in, into the draft after the Rose bowl, you still got really good. You still got three really good backs. Plus you've got one who ended up committing last year and signing in Ricky parks. Um, and then with Jalen Glover coming in, um, and then the old line, I, I feel like is is in a is in a good spot. Um, D line, I mean, we're, we're never going to say say that that's a need, but you know the fact that that Nate Ritchie is still on his mission. Um, Cole Bishop could potentially move to linebacker. I know Kyle Whittingham has talked about that potentially happening. Um, don't know when. I know that Morgan Scally is fighting to keep him at safety because that's what he he coaches. Um, but I, I feel like, especially with corner, with how many injuries they've had this year, um, it, it might not hurt to bolster that a little bit. Do they do that through the transfer portal? I mean, I know there's a lot of those kids will commit uh, on National Letter of Intent Day coming up here in a few days. Are they going to do that? Are they going to look for you know the juniors and seniors, some of the upperclassmen to come in and play right away? Or do you think they'll rely on a freshman like they've done in the past with Jalen Johnson and with uh, Clark Phillips? I think that they'll probably do a little bit of both. I mean, especially with how 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 crazy the uh, portal is getting, with you know thousands of of guys a- entering the portal. I I, I think that that kind of gives Sharif Shaw, Morgan Scally, Kyle Whittingham kind of some you know some really good options out there to say, okay, we need we need to plan for next year, but we also need to plan for you know the next couple of years, and for them to be able to to get guys like like T.J. Pledger, Chris Curry. Um, you know, Cam Rising, you know, a, a, a few few years ago to come out of the portal, some some really big time talented players. I really feel like could bode well for Utah if if they could find the right fit. Obviously, we could look at the Charlie Brewer experiment where that didn't work out, but you know, it's kind of the whole give and take of the uh, portal. But I feel like that they're going to probably try and do both, where they're going to try and get someone out of high school and as well as from from the portal. You know, when we look back on this season, uh, you, you know, years from now, Trevor, what are we going to credit the turnaround? What is going to be the biggest factor in Utah going from, you know, what they were in the non-conference to only losing a game in conference? What's going to, who's going to get the credit? I feel like it, it's, it's going to be the players because uh, I actually talked about this with uh, Clark Phillips on Faith Family Football. And I, I, I asked him, I said, what was the most critical moment for you guys to turn around your guys' season after you guys lost to, to the uh, you know San Diego State and to BYU, you guys held, held that players-only meeting on that Sunday after, and then that was when you guys turned it around. Was that kind of that, that you know critical moment? I felt like that piled up with you know trying to honor Aaron Lowe and uh, Ty Jordan. I feel like those were the two most crucial moments um, in this season to where it really ended up turning around. I mean, we can all look at of what Cam Rising did, but you know it, it, it's hard for, for – Utah and Kyle Whittingham would say this, you know, to kind of get a grasp of what Cam could have done. He was coming off of major, you know, surgery on his shoulder, didn't start throwing until June. And he, he's, you know, going up against a quarterback who had power five experience for four years. And so for, for them to kind of, you know, kind of point back to that, I would say if it were three things though, I would say the emergence of Cam rising, that, that players only meeting 
and honoring Ty Jordan and Aaron Lowe. Trevor, I just want you to know I'm staring directly into Ben's eyes right yeah. now. Just Good. staring please, right, please right at him. I mean, it's and I'm going to be locked in for the rest of the show, Ben, just so you know. Good. I'm right here. 37 minutes right left. Right here, buddy. Uh, Trevor, we appreciate uh, not only you coming on with us, but all your great work there at kslsports.com. Keep it up, buddy. Thank you, guys. Ho- hopefully we'll, we'll uh, keep chatting and, uh, you know, get, still got one more really big game coming up uh, in a, a couple of weeks. All right. Thanks, well, we'll we'll be in touch, man. We'll uh, we'll uh, we'll have you on often. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Trevor. Trevor Allen covers Utah for KSLSports.com. What's what's the one factor, Ben? What's who deserves the most credit for the turnaround? Cameron Rising. Yeah, that's probably yeah. The I mean, answer. he came in and the offense worked, and then once the offense worked, the defense worked. But it's, it's like, it, oh yeah, we scored points. Now the defense has you know seventy five yards of cushion to get a stop. Eh, it works. It's a lot easier. It's a hard question because there's there's probably about ten answers that are actually partially correct. The right answer is probably Devin Lloyd, but I would say just from a layman's perspective, Cam but, Rising and the difference. I mean, you saw it immediately, even against San Diego State when they lost. Just what he could do, yes. late in the game. It's like, okay, this dude knows what he's doing. You got to give him a chance. And Charlie Brewer left, and it just felt like you had this new buy-in. You almost had nowhere else to go, right? You weren't going to go to Jaquindon Jackson. He just wasn't ready at that point. So you you had this opportunity with Cam Rising. I think that was really the big move. So I don't think the answer is Devin Lloyd, actually, because he dominated throughout the season. And actually, at that BYU game, he's got to be standing around, looking around, being like, hey, hey, uh, am I the the only one? Uh, What what are we doing here? Um, Rising is probably the answer. But think about what all the answers could be. The offensive line... Turn oh, yeah. it around. Yeah. Oh, I, Charlie Turn Brewer was not playing behind the same offensive line no. that Cam Rising was. Tavion Thomas holding on to the football? Correct. That might be the single biggest factor to Utah's turnaround, is that the, all of a sudden their workhorse back became uh, an all-conference player simply by holding on to the football. Can I also say this, and Utah fans aren't going to like this, so I apologize before. Let's light a fire, Ben. Let's do it. You also started playing bad football teams. BYU's not a bad football no. team, and San Diego State's not a bad football not. team. You know, like, you started playing bad teams, and that really helps. The Pac-12 is not great this year. Now, I think Utah is actually a great football team. I think Utah is legitimately one of the ten best teams in the country. Like, talent, execution, maturity, leadership, playing for the right thing, coaching, you name it. They are one of the ten best teams in the country. I have zero doubt about it, which is why I think they're going to beat Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. But it really helped, as you were trying to figure your things out, to not play BYU, who's also a top 15 team in the country this year, and not play San Diego State, who was a top 20 team until Utah State spanked them last week. Like, those were really good football teams, and to play them early in the year when you were still trying to get your ducks in a row was really hard. Then you played some bad teams. You figured out some of your mistakes. You got to make mistakes and not get punished for them. So by the end of the year, you could whoop a top three team in Oregon soundly on national television and then beat them again for your first Pac-12 championship. It it also didn't help that BYU and San Diego State are both tough teams, correct? Like like physically tough football teams because as you're trying to get, you know, uh, your physical well, dominance going, it's tough to do it against. You know, give me go up against a soft Washington State team where I didn't say bad Washington State team. Soft though is still correct. I also think there's a huge underrated story here that people have not talked about enough, and I'm the people who talk, so this is my fault. Uh, and Jake, you can probably answer, or Jake, you can probably answer. How many games did San Diego State play last year? How how many games did the Mountain West Conference play? Utah played five. BYU played 11, right? 12. 12. 
BYU played a full schedule last year. Utah played five games. Mountain think West didn't the, play many either. Think of the chemistry, though, you build of playing 11 games. Yes, you lost Zach Wilson. Yes, you lost players of the NFL. I get it. San Diego State played eight. Okay, you played eight. basically double the games that Utah played last season. Like, do you not think those teams were going to start at a much higher level this year, even with spring football, even with a year to get prepared? We've talked about I mean, Kyle Whittingham loves bowl games. Why? Because he loves practice. He loves that you get to practice for an extra month of December that you don't get. They got 11 games, 12 games, 8 games for San Diego State. You talk about 5, and it was touch and go week to week. You never knew if you were going to play. Oh, how many weeks in a row did it get canceled on uh, on Friday afternoon? Just What was it, 3 weeks, Hatch? 3 weeks in a row? It was at least 2. But horrible. Bizarre. You know, almost you, you can't actually get a schedule of anything. So I don't. I remember talking to some BYU fans early in the season and saying, like, BYU's a better program now than Utah. I'm like, well, they're coming off of a crazy pandemic year. BYU played twice as many games. Is a better team at this moment, and certainly was early in the season. You can make the argument that they're not now. I listen to that. But certainly was early in the season and probably was last year as well. They didn't play each other, unfortunately. But 12 weeks or 12 months does not make a program, you know, does not make or break a program. And that's why it's good to, you know, step back a little bit and and look at these big picture. But I think absolutely early in the year, Utah was probably hurt by only playing five games last season. I think that's fair. Top three stories at KSLSports.com coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.